Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Global Disease Biology Practicum Pod. In this podcast series, we will be talking practicum projects with current and former GDB students. All students in the major are required to complete a practicum project before graduation. This project involves students finding a faculty member, conducting research under the mentor's guidance, and turning their research experiences into a publishable scientific manuscript. Tune into Practicum Pods to learn more about research, mentors, and the GDB practicum experience. Welcome to the pod. I am your host, GDB Peer Advisor Hannah. Today, I am joined on the show by the lovely Lauren Santoro. Lauren is a third-year GDB student, and they are currently in the process of finding a practicum mentor and project. Hi, Lauren. Hi. It's great to have you on the pod today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and your background? Yeah, so... Um, Like you said, I'm a third year undergraduate. Um, My major is GDB and I'm also minoring in sociology. Um, Let's see, I'm very interested in, I guess like the forensic pathology aspect, but also like public health that like, um, like in Davis, I've been able to like learn a lot more about public health. And that's been like very interesting to me. And yeah, I'm just like, I'm also like involved in just like a few like um, clubs and I've like, I've had like a few internships during like um, the past few years at Davis. And so, yeah, I'm currently like interested in um, either like going into forensic pathology or going into like a career in public health. I'm still trying to like figure out um, like exactly like what I wanna be doing like after UC Davis. Right, yeah. Um, so which stage of your practicum journey are you currently in? And what steps have you taken to get to this point? Um, so since I'm a third year, my plan is to complete the practicum during my fourth year. And so um, because of that, I'm still like, I'm still like figuring out exactly like what I want my practicum to specifically focus on. Um, and also like I do have practicum mentors in mind and but I'm waiting, I'm kind of like waiting to like get a better idea of like what I want to like focus on in order to officially be placed with the mentor. And so, yeah, I'm still kind of like in the stage of brainstorming and figuring out, yeah, just like figuring out like, okay, which, which specific topic should I look into? Like if I'm going to be like looking at this project for like, you know, like for a good amount of like a good amount of the year. Right. Yeah. So have you started this process of searching for a practicum mentor and project all while being virtual or did you start this project or start this your search before we went into lockdown? It was partially in person and and virtual. So let's see. So during my it was during my second year that I started um I started like interning as like an autopsy scribe under a medical examiner. Um, her name is like Dr. Judy Melanick. 
and because she used to work in um, Alameda County. And so I got connected with her and I was kind of like a student intern under her. And yeah, so I would I would scribe for autopsies like either like once a week or once every two weeks. And so that's how like I got like I got involved with um, kind of like the field of forensic pathology and I got like very interested in it. And so but because of COVID, um, that that internship kind of like was like put on hold um, since like they didn't want like students going into the medical examiner's office. And so and so actually um, she ended up she ended up moving to New Zealand like because she I think she got she got hired in New Zealand. And so so I'm still like I'm still communicating with her, but it's um it's all virtual now. And just like with the time zone difference, it kind of like makes things a little more complicated. So I ended up actually um finding like a student internship for um for an organization called Public Health Institute. And so I've been working, I've been working with them. So they're a team that focuses on like helping underserved populations and everything with that has been like virtual. So I've been like, I've been helping out like the health educators and like learning about how they, how they analyze their data um, all online. Cool. So you kind of have a mix of in-person and virtual practicum journey experience. Um, I'm interested to hear more about how you landed the, the position of um, a scribe in the, is it, the, can you tell us more about that experience? Because I'm really interested in how you got involved in that. Did you have an in initial interest in that or did it just come across um, your path? Yeah, for sure. So it was, um, so actually I've been, I've been interested in forensic pathology for a long time. Um, let's see, even, yeah, even when I was a kid, it's always just been something that I've been interested in. And so um, when I was in high school, I read, so Dr. Melnick, she has a, um, she has a book called Working Stiff, and it's basically about her life um, after she completed residency, and it's about her forensic pathology fellowship, and like her time in New York, and so I read that book in high school, and I thought it was really cool um, that she was like, yeah, she's just like a really cool person, and then in, at UC Davis, I took the ETX 20 class, it's um, intro to forensic science, just because like I wanted to kind of like get a sense of, I guess like what the forensic science community at UC Davis is like. And so it was kind of like a step in and um, Professor Wood, he taught that class. And then he was telling us, um, oh, also um, during the year, like we're gonna have a guest speaker. Her name is Dr. Judy Melnick. And so I was like, oh my God. And then so, um, I actually went into his office hours one day and I just, cause I was just curious. I was asking, um, oh, like, do you happen to know, like, just do you happen to know any more information about forensic pathology that I could look at? Um, it was just one thing where I was kind of like, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm not gonna be nervous. I'm just gonna go to my like professor's office hours and just kind of like, just talk to him, ask him like, kind of like who he knows in like the forensic science community yeah. and that's when he said he was like oh yeah so I actually I know Dr. Melanick because like you know she's going to be a guest speaker um I can give you her email and then you can try you know like reaching out to her because she likes to help out students right that's her big thing she likes to teach 
And so I sent her an email, um, just kind of like telling her, like, you know, like introducing her to myself and saying like, you know, I have like, I've been interested in this for a long time. Um, I was just wondering if you know of any opportunities where I can like, um, I can kind of like figure out like if this is the right, the right path for me. And then she responded and said, well, I do let, I let students come in to scribe for some autopsies. Um, if you're interested, um, here's the information, like here's everything. And then, yeah. And then I, so I went in one day and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was just like, it definitely, um, it was like an amazing experience. And then after that, she kind of like, she kept me and then, um, and basically said like, you know, like if you wanna be like a student intern under me, like I'd be like more than happy to, to help you out. And so that's kind of like how I got um, started with her. Yeah, that's super interesting. And it's great that you took that leap. Sometimes it takes that one leap of courage um, to just push your comfort zone uh, a little further to reach out to that professor and say, you know what, I'm interested in this, I'm going to do it. And so I think that's great um, experience and advice for our students to um, implement into their own experience, practicum journey and experiences that if there's a class that is really interesting to you, professors really have uh, connections and networks that you can kind of latch on to uh, just by being in their class. And I think that that's a really cool way that you got into the field, knowing that that was something that you're interested in, that you carried in from high school, and then you acted on it by just seeing who you like could reach out to via your current network. Um, so yeah, that was super unique and also a very unique field. So now that we've talked about how you kind of narrowed down your field of interest and kind of what your uh, speaks to your academic interests and goals. Um, how are you planning on maybe carrying that interest into your practicum project? Do you have any ideas currently about what your research would actually be on or uh, what kind of data you would like to collect? Or are you kind of in the midst of figuring that out? Um, I would say I'm still in the midst of figuring it out. However, some like some aspects of forensic pathology that really interest me are like how um, I guess like how certain either certain causes of death or certain health issues impact like impact communities, like how it ties in with public health. And so like that's always been that's always been something that's something that kind of like I always have been interested, but like being in like the GDB major and taking like classes that talk about like population health and like public health, it kind of like reinstilled that. And so that's why I'm hoping to like, um, when it comes to like I, how like getting the data, I'm still like, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out too. Like, is that going to be something where um, I'm going to look at like mainly public health data or is it going to be a meta-analysis? Um, it's still kind of like a question of how, like, what's going to be the approach for that. But 
I would like my, I would prefer that, that my practicum does like touch on how like a certain health issue can impact either like communities or even like underserved communities or like, yeah, just how, like maybe how something like, how something that like involves death can also like impact the living, like how that can still tie in and you can possibly like prevent like either prevent violence, prevent mortality, like, um, yeah, like what things can be prevented based on what we know. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so in that, do you find that there is a lot of forensic science uh, research going on at Davis? Or would you say that it's been um, difficult to find people uh, faculty members at Davis doing work in the field that you're interested in? I feel like it just depends on what you want to focus on when it comes to like faculty at Davis. Because um, with, because forensic pathology is a very like, it's very like, medically based. And so if you want to specifically look at forensic pathology, I feel like a lot more people um, either who work at possibly the Davis Medical School or like people like in medicine will likely know more about it. Um, however, like there are ways to find those people, you know, based just by, based on mutual mutual connections at Davis. Um, Cause either people who are in like, like faculty in the College of Biological Sciences will know people in like the medical school. So it's kind of like, I feel like they can, those people are outside of Davis, but it's like, it is possible to find them like through Davis faculty. Um, but also with like, or forensics, I know that like the forensic toxicology department is very like, there's a very strong department at Davis. So if like, if you're interested in that, that would definitely like, you can definitely find people um, like within UC Davis faculty who are like involved in that. And even, or even on the forensic side, if you're looking more at like genetics, there are people like at UC Davis who like do specialize in that. So it kind of, I feel like it kind of depends on, I guess, which, which subparts within kind of like the umbrella of forensic pathology and public health you're like looking into. Gotcha. Yeah. So would you say that um, to get to this point where you kind of like had some opportunities in this forensic science, forensic pathology field, and are kind of moving forward in your search for an actual project with a mentor, would you say that your search in this journey has been mostly aided by mutual connections that you've um, just had during your time at Davis? Or was there another resource or technique that you learned along the way and utilized that helped you um, find these opportunities and speak with these people that you have? I feel like it's been a little bit of both, like both with um, UC Davis faculty, but also outside, because definitely like I wouldn't have found the people outside of UC Davis if it wasn't for UC Davis. And then I was able to, because even with, yeah, like with Professor Matt Wood, like who taught like ETX 20, um, he's very involved in like forensic toxicology. Um, but I have been able to just like to have discussions with him about I guess the field of forensic science or like, cause for him, he took like the PhD route. So I kind of asked him like, oh, like, 
how was that for you? Like, and then he, you know, he's been like open about it. Like, you know, like helping me, like kind of like figuring out what I want to go into after undergrad, but also like without him, I wouldn't have found um, Dr. Melanick or I wouldn't have been able to like, kind of like reach out to her. And so, and even with like, cause currently I'm, um, I'm interning at the Yolo County coroner's office. And so that's been like, a, like, it's been very new. It just started like a few weeks ago. And so, but also with that, I wouldn't have, I feel like I wouldn't have found out about that if it also wasn't for like UC Davis. Um, so it's kind of like a branching pattern of like connections and obviously like a big network of um, kind of moving you forward in the field just based off of um, the steps that you've taken to re like to put your foot forward and um, reach out to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, so I'm also interested in your experience. So you've taken this ETX class. Is that part of your um, restricted electives that you've chosen to take? It actually wasn't because it was a lower division class. So I took it during my freshman year. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was Yes, it was um, because it's ETX 20, so it's a lower division class, so it doesn't count for my restricted electives. However, um, through like my time as like an autopsy scribe, um, I was able to get units for that. Like I was able to get internship units for that. So it counts as ETX 192. So, it, um, so it's like upper division. And so, yeah, so that's how like, it does count for my restricted electives. And also for my restricted electives, um, I've actually I take that back since I declared a minor in sociology so because originally my plan was um my restricted electives like a lot of them would be um classes on like criminology and the criminal justice system um since like when I became an upper division student I was like these classes seem really interesting and like if I want to be involved in them like forensic pathology I feel like knowing about the criminal justice system is like you know it's important to like be educated on it and like since the since those two fields do like intersect at like a good amount of times mm -hmm. and so yeah so those now that I think about it they count for the minor I think so one of them overlaps one of them counts for the restricted electives um but with my restricted electives I've I know that like anatomy and physiology count for those I think I'm I know that I did add like child 101 and PP 101 and then even like some public health classes too right from like the SPH department like. yeah so that kind of like ties in a nice little like unique set of course courses that pertain to your interests specifically um so yeah it sounds like those will really help you um figure out and also conduct your research when you get into a position where you feel like the research project is what you want to do. Of course, as a UC Davis student, I feel like we're, because it's a, re a research institution, we're like bombarded with opportunities left and right, um, especially when you start branching out and reaching out to people saying, and they say, oh, I have this going on. Did you have any experience where you either, um, took on or or rejected an opportunity for some reason 
like how did you discern um, that you did want to go forward with being a scribe or working at the coroner's office versus getting involved in something else at Davis? Did you have any of that going on where you were conflicted as to which opportunities to take advantage of? Because it seems like there's so much at Davis to do. Yeah, a little bit. I was, I think for me, like a big thing was just like, I kind of wanted to apply to everything, kind of just like, because there were, there's so many opportunities, like, as you said. And so that was kind of like a big thing where I was just like, I know, like I went through a phase where I was just kind of like applying to a bunch of stuff. And then, but then realizing like, honestly, like, am I like genuinely interested in that though? So it was kind of like, I had kind of like had to have that conversation with myself. Um, right. You know, cause like when you're on handshake, there's so many, you know, like you see so many, um, there are so many openings. There's like, oh, like for this lab and this lab. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember there was one for like a, there was a veterinary, it was veterinary patho veterinary pathology, I believe, um, like a lab assistant. And so um, I remember I, I think I got, I got interviewed for that, but like after like, because the thing is like, you know, I went in for the interview, but when I left, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm like genuinely interested in this though. And so, and it was funny because right after like, right after I got interviewed for that, that was when I had my first day as an autopsy scribe. Mm -hmm. And then just like seeing the difference, I was like, okay, I know like, this is what I have to do, you know? Right, yeah. So having that like self-reflective nature uh, throughout the process of getting experience and then heading into your practicum project, mm -hmm. but it's probably really beneficial for you. Yeah. yeah, so how are you feeling just in general going into the practicum project now? with all of this experience and uh, coursework that you've taken, um, does, do you feel like those prepared you for your practicum project? Are there any aspects that you are still apprehensive about or curious about going forward or that you're excited about? Um, yeah, I'd say like, it's a lot, it's a big mix of like all of that. I do feel that um, I, I do feel prepared in the sense when it comes to like, like when I get to finalizing what I want to um, focus my practicum on, that's definitely like, yeah, I feel like all the, all the courses that like Davis that I've taken so far and um, with kind of like my like past experiences, there's a lot like, I guess there's just like a lot of ideas that I have now. There's a lot of like, cause now I know that there's so many, there's so many things that I could possibly like um, lead this towards. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be tough because for me in general, like it's hard for me to make decisions like this um, just because like when there's so many, like there's so many great ideas out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do feel that like in the end, in the end, it's going to work out. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to finalize something that like I'm gonna be like really like excited to work on for like the next year. Um, let's see, yeah, I'm just like, I'm really excited for the practicum. I really am. Um, and that's like, I'm just, I feel like the one part that I'm like, oh my God, like it's like gonna be a little nerve wracking is actually like finalizing who I'm gonna be placed with. Um, kind of like asking like the question like, oh, like, you know, 
like, would you be interested in, um, in being like my practical mentor for this? And so, but other than that, like, I'm just like overall, like excited for what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, just based off of going through it myself and then also hearing from a lot of other students, it's, it ends up being an experience that you can mostly like uh, anticipate, you know, it's not much different than you would expect it to be, but it still has its, um, you know, un uniqueness about it. As an undergraduate, a lot of, as an undergraduate student, a lot of students, general students don't get involved in research or don't have the opportunity to, or don't have the time to. So it's really great that GDB pushes us to get involved in something like this because it's really expediting your process of like finding your interests. And it sounds like that started for you in high school. And then, it, you know, as you're anticipating a project and reaching out to your professors in classes that specifically interest you, you were able to kind of narrow down and chisel away down to your core interests. And so I'm excited for you and your journey and the fruition of your project and um, best of luck to you, Lauren. Is there anything else that you would wanna say or any advice to students regarding your practicum journey? Um, let's see, I feel like some advice, like my one like little like spiel of advice would just be like, um, like don't be, like do not be scared to like to talk to like faculty members um like just don't be scared to like put yourself out there and say like hi I'm like I'm interested in this like would you be willing to like um to talk about this because even something that like has been helpful for me is what I've done is um I've even just like set up I mean that now with COVID like it's on zoom but like you can just like email a professor and say hi like I'm I'm just like genuinely interested in this or like I kind of want to know like the educational path that you took to get to where you are now and like would you be willing to set up like to like be on like a zoom call with me for like 20 minutes to talk about it and so like just don't be afraid to do stuff like that and to just like because obviously like they're here to educate you you know they're like even though like they seem like, oh my God, they're so like, you know, it's so scary. Like they're the one like leading the the class like Zoom meeting with like 150 students. It's like, they're they're here to teach like in the, at the end of the day. And so like, just don't be afraid to like, to utilize that. That is great advice. And I hope that our students learn some valuable insight and, um, it was great to hear from you, Lauren. Thank you so much for chatting with us about your GDB practicum experience. Our students are so excited to hear about these projects and learn how to approach research in a large university setting. You can visit gdb.ucdavis.edu to access the rest of the podcast in the series or find us on Spotify. If you like listening to practicum pods and have suggestions for future topics for the pod, please let the GDB advising staff know at gdb-advise at ucdavis.edu. Thanks everyone and have a great week.